Hello, you guys. Welcome and welcome back to the podcast. I've been needing to watch that. I am one of your co-hosts, Monica, and I'm joined by our awesome co-host, Glenn. Say hi, Glenn. Hi, guys. Hi, everybody. Guys, today we are going to be talking about BoJack Horseman, and we're just going to be going through the show, season one, season uh, six, I'm going to say season five, Mm -hmm. season six, and I'm very excited to talk about it with you guys because I love BoJack, you know, um, we, the reason why I wanted to do it was because Glenn, you told me you were rewatching BoJack. Yeah, I just naturally started rewatching it because I'd never like rewatched the the show. Mm, I usually don't rewatch TV shows. To be honest, there are very few shows that I like enough that I will watch again, even though I've already seen it. But mm. BoJack is definitely a show that like it it really was ahead of its time. You know what I mean? It was. It knew what it was doing. It was like, hitting it. Like they were making. Like, I don't want to get into specifics because we can bring it up later. But, like, yeah. some of the jokes that they were making, it hurts to watch them now because those mm-hmm. jokes have either come true mm-hmm. or, like, or I guess I could bring up a couple. Like, one, like, when they had their episode in, I think it was, like, season one or season two about um, women rising up against, like, um, abusers in the industry. Yeah. That happened. They, that episode went out about two years before the Me Too movement started, three years. Yeah. So like they were like they knew what was happening in Hollywood. They knew there mm-hmm. was going to be, as there should be, an uprising like this called Yeah. It. And they did it basically like, like pretty close to how it actually happened. hmm And I feel like the show like does a good job of trying to stick with like society's, you know, politically correct ideals, but still being honest about how like the world worse works mm-hmm. and like having like a healthy cynicism to everything but before we get into the show yeah, yeah. before i get into the show uh we're going to talk about things that we cannot wait to watch movies and tv shows that are coming out that we cannot wait to see and i have to say uh i find it very difficult to get through my oscar movie list and by difficult i mean i have not started watching them yet oh my so i need to start don't judge me i need to start watching them <laughs> Or so we could be prepared for, you know, our Oscar pod, which is next mm-hmm. week, because the Oscars are this Sunday, yes. which is going to be a fun little watch. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Oscars at the end of the show, too, because I have a little rant I need to go on okay. about the host, but we're not going to get there yet. Uh, one movie that I'm excited to watch that uh, is coming out, I'm going to see X on Wednesday, actually. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, great, I'm going to see great. my friend, and I'm very excited and I'm also going to watch Alice tonight, which is a new movie starring Kiki Palmer. And it was given like a 25% around tomatoes. But you know what? I'm gonna watch it anyways, because Kiki deserves my coins. And the movie theater that's showing it is near my house. And they serve like, they, the ticket prices are really low because mm-hmm. the food is like really high, but I still want to go see it. You know what I mean? I want to support. So I'm gonna go see it. it. I haven't heard anybody talk about this movie, but it's called Alice. It stars Kiki Palmer. And I think Common is also in this movie too, which I find so interesting because did you know that Common, wait, it's Common, yeah, he's in the movie. Did you know Common was dating uh, Tiffany Haddish? Really? Yeah, they were dating at some point. Oh. That was oh. so, yeah, that's, that's so random, right? That's like, okay. I don't know how they would bump into each other really because mm-hmm. common does strike me as somebody who like actually goes to a library and you know tiffany is just like she's a comedian like comedians hang out with other comedians you know what i'm saying mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you know um 
This movie is about Alice. She is enslaved and she wants to gain her freedom from a you know plantation. And she escapes through the woods and stumbles through time into the year of 1973. After that, she meets a political activist and she starts to confront the lies that she was told when she was enslaved. And the trailer says that this movie is based off of true events. I don't know how true those events can be because this is literally about slavery and time travel. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we can give it a try. We can give it a watch and, you know, just see what it's given. You know, American... There's one review that says American slavery and Black power collide. And it's also written as a coming-of-age revenge thriller, which seems interesting and you know i feel like movies like alice really have solidified the point that like slavery is not enough of a plot point to make your movie successful or interesting because like y'all did that with 12 years a slave we did it with the roots miniseries on bet and it just goes to show that you cannot simply put slavery in your movie and expect it to just like do well because we don't care anymore we've, we've moved past the slavery plot and acknowledging that america's racist we're moving forward you know, Judas and the Messiah is like the last movie I watched about Black Panthers. I don't need to see any more. I already know all about them and Fred mm-hmm. Hampton and all that stuff. We can go forward. Like, I would rather us, I'd rather Black people make movies about like the future and idealism and how to build see, community look, and things like that. See that? Can we please? Yeah. If we Hollywood, please. if you like Hollywood, if you're listening, <laughs> can we drop? the slavery storyline just in general just every slavery storyline that you're currently working on drop them and instead replace them with afrofuturism storylines because we know that you're only doing this because you you know you want your i don't know your woke points you know Mm -hmm. like you only get for woke points okay let's take those woke points and turn them towards afrofuturism because it's beautiful it's inciting it's engaging and Mm -hmm. it's barely done before Barely done, and you can still yeah. have dark trauma because I would definitely count um the Watchmen on HBO Max. I would count yes. that as Afrofuturism. Yes, the Watchmen is very good. It's a great example of how you can take like, you know, wokeness and stuff like that mm-hmm. and embed it into like comic books, yeah, and into real life and just make it interesting and cool and dynamic. And also, we have to talk about Watchmen at some we point. Do. We do. We, we do. We have. We do. But I was just just throwing it out there, like, that's Afrofuturism. It's still super dark, it's gritty, it's hard to watch it sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, Like, but it's so good. It's so good. There are so many, like, books on Afrofuturism that could be made into films. Like, Octavia Butler Mm -hmm. is the most notable author, but also N.K. Jemison is also a really great author that would be like a lot of their books are really good, and you could definitely turn those into, like, really good movies. But you know, I'm going to give Alice a try because okay. it's been a while since I've gone and seen a movie on my own. And I'm going to go see a movie with my friend tomorrow. So, like, that's a back-to-back. I used to watch movies back almost every night. Like, I used to, like, be binge-watching movies in the movie theater, at least. But I have to, you know, get on my, um, get on the Oscars list. Maybe I think it was ambitious of me to think I could watch all the Oscar nominees because a lot of the films just now got an HBO Max. Mm-hmm. 
And mm-hmm. for a while, like this whole month, I've been struggling financially and like, I don't have the funds to be on YouTube spending $5.99 on a movie. You know what I mean? Like, Exactly. I, I'm gonna be honest, yeah. most of the list, I've just been watching YouTubers that I know and trust to like yeah. review, dive into them. Cause I'm like, they're gonna pick up more about this than I will. Yeah. Um, we're not there yet as a movie yeah. podcast. Like we're not getting the screeners yet. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. But when we get these screeners and we're invited to the festivals and all the things, you know, we'll give you, we'll give you all the tea you guys. But like, yeah, when we know. get invited to South by Southwest, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to go back to South by Southwest so badly. Oh my gosh. Why? Why can't I go? But that's for if, the future. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to have gone this year and met Kid Cudi. I Okay, mm. calm down. <laughs> or no, my no, double no. glover. No, my guy. no. I like how much you reason. Okay. You're like, oh, I would love to go south by southwest. Dot dot dot. To meet King Kenny. I see that listen, crush is still listen. going hard. That, shut up. That, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> that, <laughs> shut up. Am I going to see a horror movie just because he might be in it and he might be? Yeah, it's called you X. Know? <laughs> might be, like, don't judge me. I'm not judging you. I'm Don't. just, I'm glad that you are open about exactly no, you, no. what you're thinking. No, no, we passed it. No, we passed it. Okay. Glenn, what is something that you cannot wait to watch this coming out pretty soon? Oh, gosh. I have been waiting for this, and I got, so I went and saw, I went and saw um, a movie this weekend, and this trailer played before, and it reminded me how excited I am, because, like, I forgot when it was coming out, so I was not paying super attention, but it's coming out next week. Um, Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, I think you've mentioned it before. Yeah, I mentioned it. Yeah. When I first We've talked about this like, movie twice. We have. Yeah. And we're talking we about have. it again. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just really quick, because it comes out on Friday. So when you guys are listening to this, it comes out then tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely amazing. Uh, it's very comic book. It's a little bit science fiction. The idea of being split between multiple universes, but like they're all the same person. And she like jumps between them and she gains like the the memories and the the skill sets of the people of the other universe hers. Um yeah, it's kind of like a an action thriller um superhero type movie, but with like an almost entirely um East Asia, uh East Asian cast. Mm-hmm. So you know we're going to support this movie because that's high budget. And they uh, and they're really doing it. Like at least from the trailer, it looks like it's going to be so good. I cannot wait to see it, and I know it's going to be great. I know it's going to be awesome. I'm going to give it all. Um, yeah, I'm excited for that movie too. I'm also very happy to like. I love it when films come out and it's just a different concept mm-hmm. and something new. And like also after Yang is another movie. A24 is really coming out with these I releases. We, do you remember when we rate. used to make fun of A24? I still like, make not, fun of A24. Not, oh, no, no, no. But like yeah. back, back, I'll say like back like five years ago, six years ago, where was yeah. like A24 was kind of like a joke. Like yeah. they were like a meme. Like everyone's like, oh, it's a new A24 film. Um, But now it's like, wait, that's the, I'm going to have to see that. I'm going to have to see that. They really are that girl. You they're doing I mean? it. They know what they're doing. It. They found their stride and they're going for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they've they done it. They're doing the things. And we love to see it. And we can't wait to see it. Mm-hmm. Everything. Mm-hmm. What was the thing it was called? Everything, Everything everywhere, 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 all at once. Okay. And then I'm watching Alice today. Another thing mm-hmm. I'm excited to watch is this horror movie with Sandra Oh in it called Uma. 
which I'm definitely <gasps> going to check out. Oh also, gosh, yeah. Killing Eve is in its last season, and I've been catching up on that. Killing Eve. Oh. I, I have to say, I am due for a rewatch for Killing Eve. If you want to do a pod on it, I'm, I would love to because I have many thoughts about this show. <laughs> and the kind of slow burn, I have a lot of thoughts about the show and also thoughts about like, you know, straight people writing like queer coded stories and like, is that really necessary or is it, is it okay if it's good? You know, can we give it a pass? Because like Sandra O oh and Jodie Comer are both straight women and like nothing against them or anything because like I love Killing Eve and everything like that. But uh, at some point, can we like not use like girls liking girls, like women loving women to be like the most interesting part of your show? Besides the murder, of course, <laughs> but like the kind of like will they won't they vibe that is like romantic but also like kind of murder annoying yeah <laughs> like phoebe waller bridge i love you i do sincerely and like i know whatever else she has a store for us is going to be epic but i i want her to release another show before killing eve finishes because i feel like the ending of killing eve i feel like i don't know i don't doubt that's going to be good i just don't know if i will be satisfied Okay. okay. That's how mm. I'm feeling right now. No, it's fair. No, it's 100% accurate. Yeah. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But, you know, until then, do you have anything else that you're excited to watch that's coming out soon? Uh, I don't think so. No. I also saw that Hulu was releasing another miniseries. Hulu loves releasing miniseries. Hulu and it's a, new, it's a new true crime miniseries. It's called Candy. It stars Jessica Biel. Oh, yeah. Uh, I thought about that. Or at least I heard that was eventually coming. Yes. I think the trailer dropped today. And it is uh, a true story based off of Candy Montgomery, a Texas housewife who was involved in the 1980 death of Betty Gore. And Betty Gore is played by Melanie Linsky, who I love. Like, Melanie, with all my heart, I think she is amazing. She's a great actress. She was in Yellow Jackets recently. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people know her from Two and a Half Men. I think she's amazing. And she's super funny. And she's honestly, like, one of those actresses you see in things. You're like, I know her. I know her from somewhere. But you can't always pinpoint where. Anyways, Melanie deserves the world. And I'm very sad that Jessica Biel, who is an anti-vaxxer, will be killing her with an axe. But, you know. (laughs) That's just how it goes, I guess. And like, I know she cleared it up saying that she's not an anti-vaxxer, but she thinks people should do their own research. Girl, please. Those are essentially the same sentence. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Doing your own research. What more research can you do that a scientist with 17 degrees can't do on their own after they spent hours and hours in a lab trying to formulate vaccines to save people's lives? Are you doing your own research on the rabies vaccine? Are you doing your own research on the polio vaccine? Are you doing your own research on the tuberculosis vaccine? Or are you just doing research on a newer vaccine? Hepatitis, influenza, mm. like there are countless. Because I'd love to see your notes on all of those vaccines. I would as love well. to see your citations. I would love mm. to see that. Yes. Thank you. But, you know, moving on from that, we're just going to hop into Bojack Horseman and start talking about that. Uh, this amazing show that was on Netflix for six seasons. Uh, Bojack Horseman is a show that focuses on a washed up actor. He is 50 years old. He was known for a very popular 90s sitcom called Horsing Around. And the show follows him many years after the show ends, Horsing Around ends, where Bojack is just 
sad alcoholic mm-hmm. wallowing in self-pity all the time and he decides to do something so he is trying to write a memoir to profit off of his 15 minutes of fame mm-hmm. and it's showing to be very hard so he is this publishers hire him a ghostwriter by the name of diane and basically the show follows bojack and his life and all the people in, that are also in his life like diane his Diane, Mr. Peanut Butter, uh, Princess Carolyn, who's his agent, Todd, who's his roommate, and many others that come in and out of his life in good and bad ways. Mm-hmm. Yes. And first things first, I want to say is I love Bojack Horseman, and I actually started watching the show just like on a whim because I just saw it on Netflix so and I thought mm-hmm. that looks interesting and I started watching it because it's like it was a cartoon and I was really into Futurama and like Bob's Burgers and I felt oh, like this is my vibe period. and you know I grew up watching Family Guy and American Dad so like period. I'm used to like com- cartoons animated shows being seen as like you know using the animation as a vehicle to give you adult driven themes mm-hmm. and inappropriate jokes like we all watch South Park we all know the vibes. We all know what the drill is. We all you know. know. <laughs> if you don't watch South Park, I I feel so bad for you. If you like, didn't watch South Park at midnight, yeah. Like, if you so didn't have if, a phase, a, at least a South Park phase, I don't trust mm, you as a human, honestly. Yeah, like you really don't understand how the world works. Like the cynicism that you have towards the world is not solidified enough until you have watched uh, Kenny die like five times. <laughs> at least it's not yeah at least but uh bojack horseman was so different from this show it was different from all these shows because in the 30 minutes this show confronts addiction and depression depression in a way that a lot of other shows don't and it covers very you know hard topics that when you talk about in tv are usually through dramas and oftentimes it's difficult to truly portray how it feels from like a human perspective, but the show does it so well. And the show is able to go into these really deep, dark places because of how brightly lit and animated the show is. Mm-hmm. And there are shenanigans on the show and it is a funny show. It is a humorous show, yeah. but it's a dark comedy first. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. emphasis on dark and all in all, like as much as I love the show, I never really disliked Bojack when I first started watching the show. I just saw him as like, this is the main character. Mm-hmm. And we're just watching his life. And mm-hmm. I never drew like any opinions towards Bojack, to be honest. But then I started like getting into like subreddits on Bojack and like oh. online communities. Oh. And, and no. that's when people started touting him as like some kind of anti-hero. And an anti-hero is like the Punisher in the netflix marvel series you Mm -hmm. know an anti-hero is someone who is doing something for a good cause but their methods are wrong bojack doesn't do things for a good cause bojack does things because he believes that the world has like he believes that humans are here and the universe is random and we should just be able to do whatever we want because what's the point oh no 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 no, no, no. i'm not going to give him that much credit Bojack doesn't believe just that because that would make what he does more excusable. Mm. Bojack believes that because of what he had to go through growing up, he deserves anything that he wants. Mm. Let's call it what it is. This is not the universe is random. This is pure, unadulterated selfishness. Mm. I think Bojack, uh, I think it's existentialism 
is what I would say is like the main philosophy of the show Bojack mm-hmm. Horseman mm-hmm. that existence precedes essence. You know, like in Christianity, humans are believed to be a tool used by Christ to help others, you know, but Bojack is, Bojack sees the world through nihilism more that humans just exist and they exist just because and that there is nothing forcing you to do things and there's nothing to stop you from doing the things that you're doing and that you know there is some kind of radical freedom in that but also the freedom is that your with our freedom becomes comes the realization that we are all responsible for the things that we do mm-hmm. you know and even in season one, Bojack asked Diane, who is this ghostwriter, who is someone who's been calling him around, talking to him, getting to know him, and knows him better than a lot of people do. He's let down his walls around Diane so she can write this memoir about him. And the memoir is titled One Trick Pony. And Bojack is upset by this memoir because he wanted it to be the one last facade he could pull on people to put up this farce that he's this all together great guy, you know. And he's not, he's not this great guy. And he's upset by the memoir because it really reveals his true nature. So he asks Diane, like, do you think I'm a good person deep down? And Diane is honest with him. It says like, no one's really good deep down. Like she doesn't believe there's a deep down. Like we are just the things that we do. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes us who we are. And he says, well, that's depressing because when he reflects back on what he's done, it's just not, it's not good things, no. you know? Um, and I, I really appreciate that. Okay, one, we need to point out the fact that, like, yes, they knew each other. And yes, um, like, she is his ghostwriter. So she does know him, like, mm. better than m- most, if anyone in his life. But like, also, the fact that he had to ask her if she thinks he's a good person. It like, I think that was one of the first times where we truly understand like how alone Bojack is because like realistically they're not friends. Like they become friends and they Mm -hmm. actually are friends throughout the series. But like theoretically, it's the person and the ghostwriter. They aren't supposed to be friends. There's no need for a friendship there. I wouldn't really qualify them as friends really up until this point. They still had a very professional type relationship. Um, So to ask someone who like works for you essentially I mean, that's like the extent of your relationship, mm-hmm. such like a, also asking in public, in front of people, in front of her boss, technically as well, um, just kind of like shows how much Bojack really only considers himself. And because of that, he is truly alone. He's like kind of pushed away everyone who's ever tried to get close to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I, it's just... I don't know, because this happens in season one. I think this is one of the first times, because like the show shows him being an alcoholic and like being addicted to like um, either different drugs or different type of medications. Um, we already see the beginnings of Sarah Lynn. She like comes in like really, really early. Um, but we we just get the idea that he's kind of like coping, kind of. Like that's the kind of vibe it gets off. Maybe he's a little bit of a partier. Maybe he's like, you know, there's the, the coping aspect, like I said there. But we don't really see what he's coping for what he's coping like what he is coping like what issues he is trying to avoid until then that's when like the deep loneliness that he feels really like sinks in yeah yeah you're definitely right like when it comes to coping mechanisms they are basically just ways for people to kind of ignore what's going on in your life and the problems that you're dealing with like with princess carolyn i feel like her biggest coping mechanism is that like she looks at everything like it's a story 
because her as an agent is her job to shift the narrative around the people that she works for and her clients and to try and control that. And she spends so much of her time just kind of like changing people's perspective on other clients that she herself changes her perspective a lot of the time. And Mm -hmm. we see it with um, Vincent, adult man, who is her first boyfriend we see her with after she breaks, after Bojack breaks up with her basically. But how Princess Carolyn is so ready to ignore what is right in front of her and to just see what she wants to see you know like her believing that she can have this work-life balance um and deal with like running her own agency when Mm. and like her thinking that like she wants a simple life she wants to like go home and watch like the good wife and all these things but if she wanted the simple life she would have the simple life but she doesn't want those things and you know diane also dealing with like the fact that she doesn't know what she wants you know, throughout the entire series, Diane is constantly struggling with how am I happy? How do I get happy? How do I feel better? Like da 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 da, all these things. And that's the one thing I like about Diane is that like I completely agree with that. Where you have these strong ideals and morals, and you want to be able to make a difference and do something right, but you fall into one thing after another and after another, and it starts to look so how she wants to find like a kind of purpose. And sometimes she is driven by her own morals, but, you know, she looks at her morals first and her self-preservation second. And that is sometimes like the pitfall of Diane's character, you know? And I like that about Diane. I also like about, what I also like about Princess Carolyn is how, this is something that's very true about a lot of workaholics. They focus a lot on work and getting work done and doing it well, but they don't focus on why they work. Mm-hmm. Why do you have this job? Why do you do what you do? You know, like Princess Carolyn is someone who is overcompensates about how much she takes care of other people that she neglects herself. And at sometimes that takes a cost at her work, but she likes her work because it makes her feel empowered and she's good at it. You know what I mean? And that's who she is. And when we look at Bojack and we look at why he does the things he does, why is he self-destructive? Why does he take pills? Why does he drink all the time? Why is he someone who wants to do great things, but when he gets the things that he wants or things that he should be happy with, he's still unsatisfied. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, I'm going to bring this up right now because Mm -hmm. we're going to have to bring this up a few different times, most likely during this podcast. We can't forget their ages. Like when I watch the show, I always think of them in like their their either mid-30s um, mm-hmm. A couple of them in their late 20s. Now, Bojack starts the series at 54. Mm. Mr. Peanut Butter starts the series at 52, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Princess Carolyn starts the series at 39. Um, Diane and um, Todd are the youngest. I think Diane starts the series at 35 and Todd starts it at 30. Um, but all the others, these are not people in their 30s. These are people in their 40s and 50s. Yeah. Um, which come which will become important later when we talk more about Mr. Peanut Butter. Mm-hmm. I guess Bojack. Yeah. To be honest, like this is gonna seem unfair. I don't have that much to say about Mr. Peanut Butter, because I'm not gonna lie, I don't like him. No, I don't like I <laughs> I don't like him. I, I don't like him, but he gets I think the showrunners like they obviously drastically changed him in like season five and season six. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad because they made him more of a character. I think, yeah, they realize, I think this, 
the showrunners and the writers realize that like Mr. Peanut Butter was kind of just like a joke mm-hmm. as a person. Like he very much was supposed to be kind of like I don't know if this is the correct assumption, but he kind of reminds me of Hugh Jackman. Like he's very much that kind of like, guess, yeah. or more like Ryan Reynolds. You know what I mean? Like he's definitely like the actor that people know and like, and he's likable and he's funny and he's easy to get along with. And he's just always seems so freaking happy all the time. But, and like, it's strange. Cause like those kind of actors who seem happy all the time in their like quiet life and their own private life, they may be not as, you know, as extroverted, but Mr. Peanut Butter in every single instance you meet him, it's just like this very optimistic kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And his optimism kind of dies away, not dies away, but like it subdues when he uh, finds out that his brother is sick and his brother is in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And for anybody finding out that their sibling or their family member or someone they care about is sick, it would make you some, be someone who's a little less optimistic as a person. But with peanut butter, Mr. Peanut Butter, he just kind of accepts it. And he's just like, you know, the universe is random none of this matters and he finds comfort in that that none of this really matters because he's not someone who's looking for a deep essential purpose in life he just wants to like have a happy life mm-hmm. he's fine with the simple things in life like he is married to Jessica Beale at one point and like he doesn't care that like Jessica Beale is spending a lot of time with her friend Justin Timberlake like a lot of time with her friend Justin Timberlake like he doesn't see what's right in front of him because he's a good boy he's a good dog you know mm-hmm. and at times I did think just Mr. Peter was really stupid and I did hate Mr. Peanut Butter because he was annoying but I realized now that like the show was showing us that like even happy people aren't happy you know because Mr. Peter Butter literally bends over backwards in every way he can to make Diane happy and she still isn't satisfied and he like he's still an adult like Mr. Peter Butter isn't like somebody who is naive in any kind of way like he's like I want to talk to you. I'm going to work this out with you. Like, I love you and all these other things that an adult does, you know? And I think the reason why I think I don't like Mr. Peter better is because he is an emotionally mature person in some instances where like, you're just like, damn, this is, he's just, yeah, that's it. I think, so I, I won't say that I don't like Mr. Peter better, but he is of the, the main cast, my least favorite. Um, Mainly just because, uh, so one, he has that toxic positivity. I know that's a real thing. Toxic positivity is a real thing, and he is the literal embodiment of it. Um, and the the child the childlike, happy, like go lucky persona um, is kind of actually how he really is. Yes, he deals with some um, emotionally heavy stuff, but he throughout the show consistently goes back to that childlike, happy go lucky sort of vibe about him um and i honestly think that it's it's a it's a type of coping mechanism he is purposely mm-hmm. hiding because he's he's been through what three divorces yeah yeah three divorces with yeah and like usually usually one that di- one divorce is enough to like wreck someone for a long time and like it completely changes their perspective um they basically become a new person. Most people become brand new people after a divorce, but he refuses. He refuses to change. He refuses to, I guess I'll say grow up. It seems a little bit unfair, but like you wouldn't be able to tell that he's learned anything from his past relationships, especially since, for example, in the Halloween episode, mm-hmm. we see that he objectively hasn't. He is making the exact same mistakes with like Diane and Pickles 
as he made with um, Jessica Biel and with, I forget the name of his first wife. Um, but like it's the exact same mistakes. And that's what the Halloween episode is showing us. The fact that he hasn't changed. It's been 25 years since he, you know, started like being in Hollywood, started dating, started doing these things. It hasn't changed a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think Mr. Peanut Butter is definitely um, an interesting character. But I do, I would rather just talk about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, I do, we just had to talk about him a little bit. Yeah, we is, just had to touch on him for a second. But uh, I do want to talk a little bit about Todd because I like Todd. I thought Todd was like really sweet and adorable. And I thought he was a really good character. And I have to say, all right, I'm just going to say this. Mm-hmm. I think that the showrunners just meant Todd to be comic relief. Yeah. And because he really didn't have like, Todd is meant to be comic relief and like the young person in the cast, you know, mm-hmm. he is supposed to be like the embodiment of somebody who's carefree with no responsibilities and just kind of just like floats around in life without any kind of whim or worries. You know what I mean? Like he is the background noise that we have when the show is focusing on heavier topics and the show obviously decided to flush out their characters a bit more and focus less on just like Bojack, Princess Diane, and Car- Princess Princess Diane, Diane, and then Princess Carolyn. Mm-hmm. So with Todd, with him being asexual was an interesting choice. It's just that I don't think the writers were equipped or educated enough to like, you know, bring us something more. Because I cannot stop thinking about the scene where Todd goes to meet like his girlfriend or his partner, whoever she may be, mm-hmm. pa- meets their parents. And there's a title card of like three minutes after a meaningful conversation about asexuality. Mm-hmm. Like you have an entire show that reviews the complexities of mental health, depression, suicide, addiction, drug abuse, all these things and the implications of fame and how fame does not hold men accountable and how women are torn down and the institutionalized sexism within this industry. Like you have an entire show that goes through all these things in 30 minutes. You can't spare three minutes to talk about asexuality. You can't spare three. Y'all can't even look over the Wikipedia article of asexuality and give us one meaningful conversation. One of the only queer characters, one of the only LGBTQ characters in this show and you can't let them be flushed out just a little bit more, just like a little bit more for like a minute at least. Like nothing. It's like she comes out to her parents. Next thing you know, they're in the car. Everything's fine. I, I would like to know more. Here's the thing. So I, as I guess I'll say boring as it is that like they have like the tales card um, conversation and everything turns out fine. I think it would be more interesting if it hadn't turned out fine. Um, but that's just like from a story perspective. Um, I do, at the very least, understand why they didn't, because these show writers are amazing at what they do. And anything that they, and like, I feel like in a show like Bojack Horseman, that is consistently so good at what it's doing, doing something like that, that they are most likely have no idea what they're doing at all. And if they like, look at the Wikipedia page or something like that, it will come across as so objectively forced and lackluster like if they had brought mm. on a writer specifically for that scene that would have been one thing but i did n- i do not want to see these show writers write that scene it's the same way i don't want to see like straight directors um writing it's incredibly queer coded or deep right. queer stories because you don't know the experience you've never lived it i don't want you writing about it because you don't understand it 
the same thing I'm guessing most likely with these showrunners. I haven't seen anything about any of them being asexual. I don't mm-hmm. think I've seen anything about any of them even being part of the LGBTQ community, which is probably why it's pretty much ignored throughout the entire series. We have mm-hmm. really nothing about it because these writers aren't about it. Like they, I'm not yeah. aren't about it like that. I just mean like yeah. they just have no experience. And I would say to their benefit, they were smart enough to not try to write like stereotypes or caricatures because they clearly didn't know what they were doing. So I would have liked it more if they had brought on someone with who was at least in the LGBTQ community, specifically asexual to help write a meaningful conversation. But since they didn't do that, I would much rather have blank tile screen conversation than them try to stumble through a conversation, which would probably end up hurting the community more than it would be helping them. Yeah, I do know that like there are people who have talked about how they like that Todd is asexual, but it doesn't define his character. Like it's just like another part of who he is. So it's not just like all, it's not like what he's all about. You know what I mean? It's just another aspect of him as a character. And that's great. You know, I just think that like with a show that is as amazing as it is, I agree with what you're saying. Cause like there are movies like, blue is the warmest color you know or like like what people should know their place when it comes mm-hmm. to speaking on certain issues you know sam levison making malcolm and marie when like that wasn't your business to make that movie in the first place like certain stories are not for certain people to tell certain stories need to be mm-hmm. told by the people who know it well and experience it well which also makes sense as to why like there aren't a lot of like queer issues in the show because you know the creator of the show is a straight white man you know, and a lot of the main cast of the main cast, the main cast and the people are straight white people. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's just the way it is. I'm just saying that, like, I would have liked it to have been. I don't think I don't. I'm saying this because it's not like it would have been hard for them to try and find someone or hire somebody or pull some information or just like do like a little like a touch more research and just put like a little bit of effort into it that's all Mm. i'm saying just Mm -hmm. like a little bit of effort into it was all i would have liked but overall like it doesn't matter because todd is still a great character i Uh, love todd i love that like todd is someone like when people think of like the smartest person on the show they think of diane and diane is very intelligent and she is very smart but todd is also really smart because todd knows bojack better than diane does because Todd lives with Bojack. Mm-hmm. Todd sees Bojack at his worst and at his best. And Todd deals with Bojack at his worst because Bojack is a terrible friend. He's not even a friend to Todd. You know, Bojack likes having Todd around because he likes that he can take care of somebody. And it makes it feel good to house Todd. But when Todd possibly has a successful rock opera, then mm-hmm. Bojack starts to get insecure because he realized that he will lose Todd. And so he sabotages the good thing in his life to keep Todd closer to him. And he does that again when he sleeps with Todd's friend. Mm-hmm. And of course, Todd gets upset by that. And like, I don't know how many times Bojack expects people to forgive him after he like keeps screwing up or keeps messing up. Forever. But Todd, <laughs> eventually like, Todd tells him in season three that like, you can't keep doing this. Like you need to be better. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. Bojack is constantly talking about like, how he wants to be better, how he wants to do things differently, how he wants to be a good person and blah, 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 all that stuff. But like, you are all the things that are wrong about you. You know, you're not doomed to be this person forever. You just need to choose to be better. You're responsible for the things that you're doing. And I like that Todd is the person 
who snaps Bojack into reality. Because exactly. Todd does a lot of stupid stuff. Like he and Mr. Peanut Butter connect on like a spiritual level, mm-hmm. on like a different plane, a different plane of existence that we are all living on. They take stupidity to a whole nother ball ball game. It's a whole nother ball game, a whole nother field with them. You know what I mean? Like it truly is stupendous how dumb they both are. Here's the, here's and the yet, thing. Uh, the and yet the both of them, the both of them, still smarter than Bojack. Now, yeah, I would say, so one, I'm gonna talk about why I love Todd, um, mm. even though I don't really like Mr. Peanut Butter. Um, <laughs> but, because like there's important differences there. But first I'm going to say this, I would argue that of at least the main cast, Todd is the most intelligent. And this is, this, there's a specific reason why, because I know people are going to argue like, oh, well, they're just going to try to argue that he's not. People would probably argue huh. that um, for just Carolina is smarter or that Diana is smarter. Uh-huh. Here's the thing. I believe that Todd is smarter because a huge sign of intelligence that people tend to forget about mm-hmm. is emotional intelligence. To be able, the ability to um, manage your emotions in positive, productive ways so that you aren't either bottling it up and you're actually dealing and processing through what you're experiencing. Right. Todd, although he is happy and go lucky, when Bojack is being a terrible friend, confronts him, immediately stops. When he and Princess Caroline have issues, he talks to her immediately, gets it sorted out, resolved. Even if it's in my issue, like they had like the whole like big episode about like the cheese stick. Yeah. That was something that clearly, even though it seems like a very minor issue, it's a cheese stick. It was important to talk and he immediately brought it up. Yes, it got, it blew up a little bit out of proportion, but it was something that was important to him, even though it seemed minor to Princess Carolyn and he made Princess Carolyn know, hey, this is important to me. I want you to respect this. Princess Carolyn is constantly bottling up her emotions um, yeah. and is pushing everything aside just to focus on work, so much so that she's forgotten why she's even living, as we see like uh, near the end of the series. Um, Diane does the same thing. She is so focused on good damage, which we're going to talk about later, that she refuses to actually process any of her damage. She refuses to actually, well, not completely refuses. She does try to get a little bit better and she does go to therapy. And so she is actively getting better. But she mm-hmm. still has a horrible time confronting uh, her mental illnesses, and she will, and she purposely stops taking her medication several different times so that she can hold on to her mental illnesses because she believes it's the only thing that makes her special. And because like those are the other two characters that people argue they're smarter, emotional intelligence is a huge part of being intelligent. And Todd is the only person in the show who is intelligent on all levels. Um, mm. And then another the reason why I love Todd and I don't really like Mr. Peanut Butter, is while Mr. Peanut Butter, unfortunately, he seems like a straight white male who just like stumbles into anything and he will always be rich and successful because he has a happy smile and people think that he's a fun person. Todd, we actively see him have a family he doesn't talk to. Um, li- literally, he, was, he wasn't paying rent at Bojack's. He was literally sleeping on Bojack's couch. Um, He's someone who fails upwards. Like he has wacky, crazy, random ideas. If you go through, most of them don't work. It's not like every single idea he has is successful. He just has enough drive to start every single idea. Mm -hmm. They aren't bringing him money. Most of them don't bring him money. He had like the app that was successful, the the rideshare app, that was successful. That was like his first like big successful one. Oh, and I guess yeah. what time is it right now.com. But think about all the shenanigans that he got into in season one, season two, season three. Ugh. None of those brought him any money. He was just 
driven he enough and fun. stupid enough to actually do them. They they did make him successful. Right. Um, and that's why I like it. That's why I like it because he has a couple of things that makes him successful that makes it understandable how he is living, but he's still wearing the same dirty clothes. He's sleeping on his friend's couch, either Bojack's or Princess Caroline's or Mr. Peanutbutter's. He's not active. We never see him really be wealthy in any sense. Like the only time we even see him dress nice is when he's at his job at what time is it right now dot com. Right. So like we don't get the sense that he is the type of person who like everything just goes their way, like we do with Mr. Peanutbutter. He's just someone who like is productive enough and driven enough that like if something doesn't go his way, okay, he tosses it out, moves to the next thing. He's just not gonna stop, and he's just having fun. I. I think Todd is really great and I genuinely do love Todd like he was a really great character and he it was so cute how he like took care of Miss Princess Carolyn's baby yes that too that That too that that right there Mm -hmm. that's a level of intelligence as well being able to actively take care of a child a baby that's also a level of intelligence being able to um take care and fend for another living creature People don't talk about that too, but that's that's an essential part of being a human, being able to take care of a child, at least yeah. like biologically sense-wise, you know? And I think that uh, Todd really is like, Todd really is like the definition of like what it's like to be in your 20s. Mm-hmm. Like, when you're just like stupid and you're just like living your life. Exactly. I think that's why it comes across, so, that's why he had to be so, so much younger than everyone else. Because while they're all like kind of stuck in their ways and like, you know, like they've been in Hollywood for so long, like they're kind of mm-hmm. forced into these areas. He's someone who's still figuring it out. And it's perfectly okay that he's figuring it out. He doesn't have to have everything together. Cause he's he's a I mean, he's a child compared to the rest of them. Well, speaking of someone who's figuring it out, let's talk about Diane. Okay. Diane starts off the show being a Bojack's ghostwriter for his memoir and then becomes his friend after a while then ends up not being his friend at the end of the season and I do have to say I like Diane because I feel like she's someone I relate to the most in being Mm -hmm. someone who has like very strong morals but because of the way that the world works it's just hard to stick to those things sometimes because you want to like stay true to what you believe in and circumstances can kind of lead you astray in some ways but I really do admire the character Diane and I like that she's someone who because a lot of times when you see characters like Diane who are basically like self-righteous liberals and like third wave feminists they have a very strict way of looking at things and they don't bend and mm-hmm. they don't move or they don't break and if another person was friends with Bojack and figured out all the terrible things that he did, they would cut him off immediately and not talk to him anymore. But by Diane is different for different because she, you know, she sees like this shameful past that he has, but she believes in moving forward from your past mistakes. And she thinks that, you know, people are capable of things, you know, when she says that we are the choices that we make, like there's no deep down, like people are just the things that they do that means that you can do something else. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? A lot of times like Bojack will 
get in this monologue of self-pity mm-hmm. and wallowing and this inner monologue of just like emotional turmoil and beating himself up and saying that he's trash and that he's horrible and all these things and that he's broken and that he's poisoned he destroys everything that he touches and that is something that keeps him from moving forward and getting better because he thinks that there's no point in getting better because he's, this is just the way he is mm-hmm. but he wants to be a better person and diane is someone who truly does think that you know the damage that you have is not something that's really holding you back from being a better person you just need to do the things that you need to do to be good you know it's like good people got to do more good stuff and less bad stuff Mm -hmm. and bad people got to you know less bad stuff more good stuff and I also like Diane because a lot of times with characters that are like Diane who are third wave feminists and like kind of like very much liberal types they always have to speak with like these big words like I see this a lot in the show uh, Dear White People mm-hmm. where they use like these complicated like SIT words that I have to like Google every five minutes to understand exactly. what they're saying. Exactly. And Diane is just like, Diane is just simple. She just says things the way that it is. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be done up. You know, it doesn't have to be like extremely yeah, and, perfect. And yeah. why does she do that? Because she's smart. She's intelligent. She knows that it doesn't matter. No, no, sorry. She knows that real communication is not in, in, real communication is not being able to use the biggest word or the mm-hmm. most elegant word or the most sophisticated word. It doesn't matter what you're saying if everyone in that room cannot understand what you're saying. The best communicators, the best, you know, not to bring it up, but like the best like leaders, the best dictators, mm-hmm. the best whatever of history, they are always speaking in a way that every single person in that room can identify exactly what they're saying. Like it's the yeah. same thing that they say with um with teachers. Like you're not a good teacher if you can't explain this subject to any age level. Like until you can explain this to someone who has no idea what this is, you do not know your, um, what you're studying. Yeah, it's it truly is like, sorry, I've lost my train of thought. Um, Are you okay? I can jump on Diane right now. Yeah, you can um, do that. Yeah. So also, um, as much as I love the hopeful, optimistic kind of like side that you take with Diane, I do see that glimmers and pieces. I think, especially because like we see how toxic and how enabling Bojack mm-hmm. and Diane are with each other. I think, although part of the reason why she stays is because she hopes that um, he will get better. And she is like crossing your fingers. Like she believes that like, oh, well, since like, you know, since the only thing that makes you good is like you doing good things, like he could become a good person. I think more of it is because she's been so used to having such a negative home life her entire time growing up mm-hmm. that she's kind of drawn to it. She's used to it. Like you said how anyone else who found out everything about Bojack would immediately like leave and like block him and never talk to him again. But I feel like that's more of what Diane grew up with. So she's more comfortable with it because it feels familiar. Even if she doesn't agree with it, even if like logically she can say that she doesn't want to support that, it still is unfortunately what she knows best. She's, I won't say most comfortable, but she's unfortunately literally most at home when she's around people like that. Which is why like Bojack immediately connected with her family because they're the same type of people. I think that the reason why Diane is so connected to Bojack is because she sees part of herself in him but she sees a part of herself that wants to be better Mm -hmm. because diane 
I, I'm not going to lie. I was annoyed by Diane sometimes in the season because she is so indecisive and so uncertain. She and is. I think at the time when I was watching the show, the show came out 2014. So I think I was not out of high school just yet. Mm-hmm. I was just starting college when I was watching the show. And I couldn't understand how someone could be so uncertain about their life when it's laid out in front of them. And the choices seem so clear to make, you know what I mean? And I'm watching Diane like break down crying with Bojack and she's just like am I bad am I broken am I not meant to be happy and her just openly talking about how she's not happy and how she's not together it just like kind of annoyed me because I was like girl stop hanging out with Bojack and focus on your marriage like go to Crimea with the billionaire write a book make your money and then hang out with your loving golden retriever husband like mm-hmm. it's not hard like it's something that's simple and it seems simple but, but then it was, <laughs> but then you kind of live your life and you realize that like the choices that you want to make are the choices that you can make because of outside circumstances that are keeping you from it or your own insecurities are mm-hmm. holding you in a place that you don't want to be and that's the same thing with diane you know there's she has no fixed outlook on things like there are times where like she's clear-eyed and she's certain and she's a voice of reason and she's the soul of the show and she is like the person that we're supposed to be listening to and she's giving us all the points like yes queen go off okay Mm -hmm. but then there are times where she contradicts herself you know she wants to make a positive impact in a cynical world but a lot of times there are outside factors that hold her from doing that like with hank hippopopamus Hippopopolis? Yeah, Hank Hippopolis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that whole storyline where she wants him to be exposed and she wants him to be held accountable and eventually, like, you know, it shows that I found it, like, interesting watching the episode even before the whole Me Too movement thing happened. It was interesting to me because, like, the um, the manatee who was voiced by Christine Bransky, whom I love. Yeah. uh, She was a queen. She she did. She did that. Like when she was talking about how her bosses at Time Warner, Toyota, so and so, like eight different corporations strung together, are like, you know, Hank brings in a lot of money. So we're not going to publish this article because my corporate bosses told me not to. Mm-hmm. And you look at like the Me Too movement, how Harvey Weinstein was the um was the fall guy, you know, of it all. Yeah. When there were like so many other people that were involved in that like for that man to be doing what he was doing for so long there had to be people you know in the background supporting like brushing things under the rug and like signing ndas and keeping quiet like i know there are plenty of actresses i mean you know who know other comedians who were like louis ck but they kept quiet because it's going to hurt their career and for that to be in that show for that to be in like i think season two of the show mm-hmm. this was like but, early early this is yeah. like 2014 2015 yeah that's also why i love this show because it's very clear that the show never really like did an emmy campaign or anything like that because why would they be rewarded for exposing the worst things about hollywood you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's like you giving your mom flowers after she gave you a spanking like you know it's like why would I reward you for hurting me or like exposing me or something mm-hmm. like that? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think that it's it, it's it's inspiring for her to want to make a in, positive impact. But sometimes, you know, um, sometimes that hurts the people around her. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's it's selfish. And it's good that she wants to make a difference. But sometimes it is selfish. Because, like, she's literally going through financial problems with her husband, Mr. Peanut Butter. And he is like, can you not make a big deal out of it? Because it's not like Mr. Peanut Butter doesn't care. He, he most likely does care. And, like, most likely does hold the same ideals that uh, Diane does. But he needs this job. Like, he needs this to do well. Because they are broke, mm-hmm. you know? Because Mr. Peanut Butter spent all their money on like spaghetti strainers. So, yeah. You know, yeah. But I admire that about, you know, about Diane, because I feel like that makes her human, mm-hmm. you know, because you can have your morals and have your ideals, but sometimes. Yeah, the fact that she is willing and sometimes forced, I guess, to bend her like morals or like what she believes is right usually specifically to protect to help the people around her anyone would do that you know like she isn't like um a rigidly written character that's going to like do what she believes is right no matter what yeah. we, we often see her compromise or change her idea or at the very least just stay silent when she doesn't want to because she knows it's better for the people around her yeah and sometimes like I look at Diane and I just see, you know, I see the humanness in her and how like a lot of times the truth is like multi-sided, how like there are two parts to every story, but sometimes there are like more than two parts to a story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it can be hard to be somebody who's fighting for ideals and purpose and you live in a world that actively works against it so you then you wonder well what's the point of me trying to be better and doing better and what's the point of me trying to change the world when there are people who are more powerful than i am that'll constantly change it like why is it that here in georgia they're trying to pass a bill where people can carry guns without a permit and how is it that i have to keep calling my representatives and my senators tell them to vote against this bill when they've already decided they're going to vote against this bill like why is it that the people within the country and the state and the county the city that you live in have to beg you to not pass laws that will literally harm us just so you could get a pay cut why do i have to call mm-hmm. you and say please do not do this this is going to hurt us for you to just not listen and then you kind of feel like lost in this cycle of like well what's the point of this you know like what is this like mm-hmm. to find to find the strength to fight for what you believe in and to continue to do that is something that gives a lot of people purpose and it gives diane purpose as well because she is sad you know she has a lot of things going on with her and her convictions keep her relatable and like sometimes she's self-righteous yes sometimes she's annoying yes but you know trying to change people's minds sometimes feels like a losing battle and it's hard but all in all she believes in just trying to like just be better and that's what she wants for bojack even though she knows the terrible things that he has done she knows that he can be better because bojack does show the capacity to care for others and help other people and be there and be a good friend. He can do that if he just works at it, you know? It's like the baboon in the show that keeps running up the hill in front of his house. It's Mm -hmm. related to another story by a philosopher, Albert Camus. I don't remember the name of the story, but it's basically about a man, he pushes a boulder up a hill and he does it every single day. And even uh though like it's hard, he does it and he's happy. You know, and you just got to do it every day. You know, that's what the baboon told us at the end of season one, I think. Like, you just have to do it every day. Just every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also think the story relates more to Princess Caroline, but I just wanted to bring that into Diane's, you know, analysis. But uh, 
Can I talk about Princess Caroline? Yes. Okay. You <laughs> can talk about Princess Caroline. So here's the thing. A lot of, I will say, Princess Caroline is my favorite character of the main cast. Um, yeah. And I will explain why. And I know that there's a lot of hate for Princess Caroline. And I'm, I'm not going to explain away the hate, but I'm going mm-hmm. to explain why the hate doesn't make me like her less. Or like why the things that they bring up doesn't make me like her less. Um, so the reason why I like Princess Caroline is obviously because especially when I first start writing the show, I watching the show, I related to Princess Caroline more than any of the other characters. And I feel like now I still do. I'm a lot more well-rounded and maybe a little bit more healthy now. Um, mm-hmm. But I definitely relate to Princess Caroline because my entire life was only work. It was school and work. Um, and I thought like, and you know, for better or for worse, I was kind of right with, with my thinking about this. Um, but I thought that if I wasn't 120% focused on school and work, that I would never get where, I, like anywhere really in life, and I would never get where I want to be. Um, and it was, I guess, inspiring and comforting to see a TV character who is like that and who also wasn't immediately successful and like, Willie is never fully, truly, completely successful. Mm-hmm. Like, even at the end of the series, she's not, like, rich, wealthy, well-off. Like, she is still working, like, 14 to 16-hour days consistently. Yeah. Like, but she finds, like, more of a work-life balance. Um, that was really inspiring. Because you, because, like, in, like, all mainstream society, you have, obviously, the the toxic productivity. And mm-hmm. Princess Caroline and myself were very much part of toxic productivity. Um, and, you know, you get a lot of that type of content, hustle culture, on the internet. Mm-hmm. It's, like, really, it was really popular, like, two years ago, a year ago. It's still, like, pretty popular now. Um, but then you also get, like, the other side that just, like, argues against it. But you, you rarely, rarely, if ever, get anything in the middle. It's like, let's be realistic. We live in America. You, unless you're like born with a silver spoon, you're probably going to have to work incredibly harder than you should have to Mm -hmm. in order to make it anywhere where you're like stable and you know, you're, you know, like you're, you're well off enough that like one broken bone isn't going to send you into permanent medical debt. So you need some type of drive, some type of productivity. You need at least those habits, those ideas. But you don't need the attitude that goes along with them. You don't need that self-righteous, horrible attitude. We need like that more middle ground of like work-life balance. You have to work hard, but that doesn't have to be your entire life. And I feel like as the series progressed, that's what Princess Caroline became. She became someone who was able to have a relationship, try to be a mother, actually become a mother while still running her own company or starting her own company. And she was able to do that because she found people like Judah who were able to take stuff off of her plate, people who she could trust to delegate responsibilities to. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was able to also cut ties off, at least partially, um, or at least loosely with people who, like, added a lot of extra to her plate. Like, as the series progresses, she cares, not cares less, but she focuses less and less on Bojack because he is someone who takes up so much of her time and is still living on turn. She still maintains the friendship. Yeah, she becomes much less focused on him as a business because she knows that it's not good for her business. Um, And that's why I like Princess Caroline. Now, the reason why people hate on her constantly, and it's kind of funny because the reasons that they bring up are exactly the reasons why I like her. Yeah, Um, they bring up 
that she is enabling Hollywood culture because she like with um Fox you expect one woman to destroy the institutionalized sexism within the Hollywood exactly culture? they they bring up this episode all the time thoughts and prayers the Courtney Portnoy uh-huh. um like machine gun movie female killer mm. um gun violence blah blah, blah all of that yeah um. And they bring up the episode all the time of like, well, she's actively encouraging the culture. Okay, one, you are expecting, like you just said, you're expecting one woman to completely dismantle the entire culture. If we no. want to talk about the assistance episode, we could talk about that one. Oh, mm-hmm. but the thoughts and prayers one, because mm-hmm. yeah. that mm-hmm. happened in real life. Remember with that movie, The Hunt? Exactly. Yeah. Mm. But like the my point is, I like Princess Carolyn mm-hmm. harshly because unfortunately that's realistic if you are any minority especially in the film slash production industry you don't get to stand up for yourself you don't get to um like argue with the big names you don't get to you don't make connections by being unfortunately the controversial or woke person Mm -hmm. you get to wherever you want to go by being a team player, by following along. And you get to be the best at what you do, which Princess Caroline isn't necessarily always the best, but she's at least like extremely good at her job. Yeah. You get to be the best at what you do by learning what they, what the producers want to do before they even say it. You have to be so on top of, uh, so on top of everything and so ingrained into the culture that you are coming up with the ideas that they already want to do. As, as a, like especially as like a woman a mother in the industry as any minority in the industry you really can't you don't get a choice you are either on top of your game the best of the best always coming up with new stuff jumping down these white man's throats or you are not in the industry and now i understand that is a little bit more different there is a little bit more wiggle room now but in 2014 don't even bring it up 2015 2016 no not even a chance and anyone who's trying to argue that there was clearly has no idea what the film industry is like. And it's very hard to have a conversation with someone who objectively doesn't know anything about what they're talking about. Yeah. And that's another thing with the show that I feel like this show does a good job of um, kind of calling out those people who are very much like, that are very much like black and white when it comes to like Hollywood culture. And they're very quick to like call people out and like, expose people and cancel people and things like that because like um there are times like there are the times where i will be on tiktok and people are just like oh my gosh i can't believe people still support this person i can't believe people still support this person like you know how like asap rocky and rihanna are literally together and have a child are having a child together right Mm -hmm. people are upset with her because asap rocky said once in like 2000 a long time ago that he said something against Black Lives Matter. And then he also said something about how like dark-skinned women should wear red lipstick. And I don't know why those two comments are still being kind of like still held. Like when people say except Rocky's problematic, y'all bring those two comments up. Like this, I'm pretty sure he's moved past that. We've yeah. all moved past it by now. Like, why does that matter? Why is it like, it's not that big of a deal. You know what I mean? And it's that whole, um, that thing where like people on the internet are sometimes you just gotta let some shit go you know yeah. what I mean you just gotta let some shit go and Princess Carolyn she was an assistant for 10 years before mm-hmm. she got to be an agent and then she went on to be a manager and have her own company mm-hmm. and 
she has worked so, so hard. She has worked tirelessly as someone who is cool in a crisis. She has this drive. She has a passion. She has a sheer force of will where she climbed up from nothing to get to where she is right now. And she is surrounded by male incompetence, literally just about every other man mm-hmm. that's around her can't do nothing without her by their side. Also, like, every other character dumps on her constantly, yes. dumps their problems. And guess what? Yes. Guess what? Every single time, every single time, regardless, every not every single episode, but every single time, she keeps getting deals for them. She for them. She get she is on coming and contacting her and getting and like asking her to do these things. No, she's reaching out to people. Even though these are horrible people sometimes, she's always has more jobs for them. She has more opportunities for them. She's doing all of that. Someone tell me how Bojack Horseman, this man went on a one, he left for two months. He left for two months to go to New Mexico. Secretary Bowie was finished mm-hmm. and he had an Oscar campaign. Mm-hmm. Who did that? Princess Caroline. Not Bojack. Bojack can barely give him get himself breakfast. And Princess Caroline has mm-hmm. kept him employed for years. He lives in a nice house. And he doesn't and do anything. At the end of the series, like really to like the very end of the series, Princess Caroline is able to get um Diane a multi a multi-movie franchise supporting her new books when mm-hmm. she only has like 15 pages of it. And she already gets the funding for a multi-franchise. Off of 15 pages of a kid's story? It's amazing do you know how incredibly how... well-respected you have to be in the field to pull something off like that? And how many times have they said thank you? I can't count. How, how many oh, times have y'all said zero. thank you? Zero. She doesn't even get like any kind of recognition for her accomplishments. She doesn't get any thanks. She doesn't get any praise. Do you know the only main character that recognizes her? Judah. Todd. Well, like, no, Judah isn't the main character. <laughs> but like, well, Judah, obviously. Yeah. And then Todd. Todd, Todd shows that he's there. Princess Caroline letting her um, stay. Todd mm-hmm. is taking care of um, of untitled Princess Caroline project yeah. completely for free until he makes it into like a business and he starts taking care of other babies. Mm-hmm. Completely for free, which is huge. You know how much daycare costs are? Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Like he actively shows, he doesn't necessarily always say the words. He actively shows how he treats Princess Caroline and how he respects her, that he is very appreciative of everything that she does. Yeah. And I have to say, Princess Carolyn, she's obviously like the example of like the modern working woman. Mm-hmm. And I love that like she manages to be a businesswoman, but she isn't like hardened. Like mm-hmm. she hasn't turned into like, you know, uh, Miss Miranda, the Devil Wears product. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's that she never really gets the time to just be her own emotional self and deal with her own stuff that's going on in her life. But I think that Princess Carolyn is a really honest depiction of someone of like what it's like to be a working woman and how I'm not, I listen, I'm going to say this right now. Mm-hmm. Do I wish that they didn't go with the baby plot? Yes, but I get it. I get why they did it because Princess Carolyn's mom had like 12 kids mm-hmm. and Princess Carolyn is good at her job. She knows what she's doing. She's great at work. She's empowered at work. So 
she feels like she has to set these certain milestones and do these certain things. So she decides, I'm gonna have a baby, I'm gonna have a kid. And she meets Ralph, who's a really great guy and a really great boyfriend. And I always liked Ralph a lot. Like, is Judah better than Ralph? Ralph yes. was really nice. You I know, like he was Ralph. a good he was guy. Cute. Yeah. This is what she won't regret, you know? Yes. Unlike Bojack, who can eat dirt for like care. But you know what? We're going to okay. go past that. You know. She was young and stupid, okay? She gets a pass. She was like in her 20s. She was trying to fix him. And baby girl, mm, mm. that was not your job. For the record, that is Princess Caroline's entire, not entire personality, uh, but like most of her storyline is fixing the things around her. That's what she does. Yeah. I think that like, I think Princess Caroline she imagines herself to be like this pioneer woman who can do it all and can juggle everything. But you can't really juggle everything, you know, because she also wants to be someone who's self-sufficient like anyone else. And she represses her deep emotional pain that she feels a lot of times because she doesn't have a lot of time for her own personal life. As mm-hmm. a lot of working women don't have time for a personal life. But she's still someone who is compassionate and there for people. And eventually she realizes that compromise is necessary when you're a working woman, a working woman. And, you know, even though she feels that she failed at a, as a woman because she couldn't have a baby, she's still a dog. She's able to raise this kid. And instead of escaping into cliche fantasies and diving into your coping mechanisms and, you know, going into like a dream world, everything's perfect. She decides to be the author of her own story, change it up, switch it up, be better. And she realizes like, for the longest time, like has been playing everyone's mother for so long. Like she's been Bo, uh, Bojack's mother because Bojack didn't have Bojack's mother for the last up. 25 years. Yes, yes, Lily. And you know, being a mom to her little baby and Judah is, and it really did make me sad when I was watching the last episode uh, and she was talking to Bojack, they were dancing together and she was like, I'm scared that I'm going to lose a part of myself if I let somebody in, let someone take care of me. And it's so sad because it's like, no, you deserve it. Mm-hmm. You deserve someone to take care of you. But you see, deserve someone to be there for you. I like, like, oh, so the last episode, I need to talk, we need to talk about the last episode just like in general, but like, just we need talk to talk about the view. We need down. to talk about so many things, but really quick, <laughs> just touching on that because you said that, I like how she said that and like, because she realized that those were feelings that she had, but mm-hmm. she already got married like this is like mm-hmm. the this is the production mm-hmm. um also that was so smart to do a wedding like that take away all their phones so they have to contact her anyways mm-hmm. um but like this is like the producer's wedding this is like for the for show they already got married so she not only was able to recognize those feelings that she had in herself but was able to process them by herself or maybe through the help of someone else but without bojack really was able to process those feelings, deal with them, continue to get married regardless, and be able to continue going on and move forward with this new feeling that she is allowed to be able. That ability that, like, because she was able to express those emotions to Bojack because she had already expressed them to herself previously and had already been able to work through them herself. She really was one of my favorite characters. And to see her leave made me sad because she was great. She was great. And you messed it up for what? You messed mm-hmm. it up for what? Now, here's the thing. I, so I hate, I hate, hate, hate that that happened. But I do like that the showrunners did that. They get, they knew that everyone was going to love Wanda. They knew that Wanda was absolutely fucking amazing. They knew that nobody was going to be like, I hate Wanda. Hmm. Because like, in real life, that's sometimes how it happens. Like, you meet someone, they're absolutely amazing. Everyone loves them. They're great. They're objectively good for you. You mess it up. That's the end. 
you never see them again. You don't get the second chance. You don't get a chance to like run into them years later and make things right. You messed up and they're out of your life forever. I think that I think that means more than if she had come back later. I don't like that she didn't come back later because I love her. But like, I think that's the point. Yeah, I think that her like it does. It really does hurt me that like she and Brojack broke up just due to like Bojack's bitterness and negativity. And it sucks because it's just another like part of how like Bojack constantly you know, writes himself off as someone who is poisoned and he destroys everything he touches. So there can't be any possible way for him to be better, do better, just like be a better person. But there is a possibility of that. You just have to believe that you can be better. Like you want to be a good person and you want people to see you as a good person. But if you're not going to make the effort towards doing that, then what's the point of wanting people to believe that about you if you don't even want to like take the first step in like making that happen? And Wanda clearly saw his potential to be a great boyfriend and a great partner but him not really experiencing an adult relationship and love from somebody like in a new way with Wanda he just he messed it up and he does this all the time with people he cares about like we have to talk about Sarah Lynn because no we don't yes we do we have to talk about Sarah Lynn we have to talk about her okay I I really did like Sarah Lynn and I know she's supposed to be like, you know, a reflection of like what it's like to be a child star and like the descent into like drugs and alcohol and how- like, Yeah, and there's a reason we love her. Mm-hmm. I feel for Sarah so badly because like the show obviously like had little nuances. If you're watching very closely, you can see that like Sarah Lynn had like a very controlling mom mm-hmm. and she was really heavily influenced. And she was like a young actress who didn't get to hang out with other young actors so she was surrounded by adults all the time and adults do adult things so she started doing adult things to feel like an adult and you know she after the show like she still had a career like she released music and she was still successful she became a very um i guess britney spears is kind of like the style they went for her Mm -hmm. yeah and she dated andrew garfield who was like (laughs) okay actually voiced by andrew garfield but like you know it's no it's we're, gonna show, say it was. we're gonna say it was <laughs> yeah it's to show just like how like how she was still relevant as an actress you know as a star like she still had like some semblance of fame that kept her in you know the sphere with every with like you know kept her in the zeitgeist and mm-hmm. it really does hurt me how bojack saw that sarah lynn was getting better and that she was clean and they went on that bender and it these are one of the instances where I cannot side with people who see Bojack as the anti-hero or people who are so used to the main character being automatically defaulted to being the protagonist so they excuse the person's actions even though Bojack is very much the villain of his own story and everyone mm-hmm. else's and mm-hmm. he is the villain of Sarah Lynn's story because Sarah Lynn was there. sober she was sober yeah and he waited 17 minutes to answer, to call an ambulance. And anybody who has been in a situation where you must react quickly would simply call an ambulance. But of course he knows that like with him being present in that moment, he would be implicated in her death. And he didn't want to take responsibility for that even though that costed her her life. He would have rather preserved his own career and his own reputation so that he didn't have to go down, but he let somebody he cared about and someone he 
at least loved in some way die and I knew that Bojack and Sarah Lynn were going to crash and burn when he slept with her in like the second episode Uh I was just like oh he's that kind of person Mm -hmm. yeah this is bad like I remember watching that the first time and I was like wow this show is really going there I guess and I was like oh they're both adults so I guess it's okay but like for this to happen and Bojack it's one of those examples of like no I like how it happens early on it happens casually this isn't weird for Bojack. This isn't new for Bojack. This is the very beginning of the series. This is the second episode of the series. And we are already seeing that there's already an established power behavior of what Bojack does. Like, I know that he has a lot of meaningless sex with other women and he doesn't really think that deeply of it. But for him to do that with a young girl that he knew from a very like young age and like kind of grew up with and like he was with her in her formative years and he still kind of sees her as part of his family just shows how warped his brain is and it also shows how me personally I would have preferred if Bojack had just died at the end of the series because you see all the things that he does Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. like I like that Diane is in the show because she's supposed to be a reflection of like how um you know you can believe that bad people can change and be better but with all the things he has done I simply cannot let go of the fact that like can he be better like can he like him not dying at the end of the show is to be like is to be like we must atone for our sins like the way to be better is to like acknowledge that you did wrong and atone and change and just go out and do that and Bojack in the, sh- in the episode, the view from halfway down is him in the between of life and death and him looking back at the people he's hurt and the people he looks up to and him trying to really like decide whether or not like, can I be better? Can I be better? Can I be better? And that last episode is him just kind of like sitting with the fact that like, there isn't some clean resolution to life. Mm-hmm. You know, there isn't a clean like way to like, you know, like, an actor that I think of when I think of Bojack is Josh Brolin. He yeah. voiced Thanos in the Avengers, mm-hmm. but he also, I don't remember when exactly this happened, but uh, for, I forgot the actress's name too. Essentially, he was um, arrested for domestic abuse mm-hmm. or domestic dispute. And it happened so long ago that now if you were to bring it up, it would seem like it would seem unnecessary, you know, but it's still something that's part of his record. And he's openly talked about it in an interview, how like he's changed and he's been better and he's not that person anymore that he was in the past. And it's the example of how like, there are people who do bad things, but doesn't make them bad people. Mm-hmm. There are people who do bad things, but they do not acknowledge that things are done wrong. They do not change. They do not take accountability. And yet they still want to be seen as a good person. And they want the same privileges they had before when people actually liked them. And they want the same access that they had before, before we learned that they were not great people. And Bojack is this person who has done countless, terrible, horrible, <laughs> like very bad things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, can he be better? And like, sure, you can become a better person if you take the time to do that and you sincerely, sincerely want to change. And you don't do it just so you can start working again, but you want to do it so you can be a better person. But like, do you? Do you actually <laughs> want like, that? Do you want to be perceived as a good person, or do you really just want to wake up in the morning and be able to look at yourself in the mirror and not hate yourself? You know what is Bojack after? You mm-hmm. know, and like 
this show is not lighthearted. This show is oh, not no. easygoing. It's it's definitely like it's show like Bojack is someone who constantly runs away from his problems. Because Secretary told him like in the interview, just keep running and don't look back. Don't let anyone hold you back from that. And Secretary ran to the point where he ran off of the Golden Bridge because he was you know so haunted by the things he had done in his past and Bojack has never really taken the time to like take accountability for the things he did wrong and that catches up with him in Hollyhock and that's why I love Hollyhock and if you don't like Hollyhock listen meet me in Midtown Atlanta because oh, yeah. <laughs> you've been his ass open. that's like meet me meet me on Peachtree Street meet me there all right because Holly is his half-sister who thought she, she thought he was his daughter but really was his half-sister and when she finds out about she doesn't find out about um uh uh uh, uh what's the girl's name penny she doesn't find out about penny she finds out that there was a girl that they were with remember it was the episode where they're in new mexico and mm-hmm, penny mm-hmm. went to prom and it was like her one guy friend the one girlfriend the girl got so drunk from the alcohol that Bojack bought them as the adult and they were minors mm-hmm. that she got alcohol poisoning. And the guy who took her to the hospital has anxiety years after that. And that's the thing like where the things you do don't just affect you, it affects the people around you. And Bojack with the self-destructive behavior, it's never just him. It's never just him. It's always everybody else uh-huh. that he's fucking up, you know? And Holly learning about that want makes her want to distance herself from bojack and of course that makes him sad because holly is like the one good thing in his life like that's his sister and he wants to stay close to her but eventually holly has to cut herself off from bojack because she herself was like she herself was drugged by his mother when they went to go visit her like when she was like i guess in uh an assisted living facility or something like that yeah and you know that I can relate to Hollyhock more than I can relate to Diane because even though I like Diane a lot and I love her character sometimes you really just gotta let people go you know like you can wish the best for them and hope for the best for those people but it's not your job at the end of the day to make sure they follow through on that mm-hmm. you just gotta wish them farewell and do what's best for you and just hope in the end they understand what your presence what your absence means and what they have to do to regain your presence and that's why we didn't read holly's letter and that's why at the end of the episode there's like a full two minutes of silence because the show is about life there's no clean resolution to this stuff there's no happy ending or like a clean farewell you know if the show stopped at the view from halfway down that would have been the season series finale and that would have been a finale that people probably would have liked better for what a terrible person Bojack is as a character but it's not the one that we got you know we don't read Holly's letter because we know that Holly's not talking to Bojack anymore we know why she's upset with him we know why she distanced herself from him and we don't need to know her reasoning as to why but we just need to understand that Bojack is no longer a part of her life and she's moving on now you know the reason why Diane and Bojack sat in silence on the roof the same way they sat on the roof in silence at the end of season one is because it's just this empty void of like, what's next? Mm-hmm. Well, what else is there? It's the possibility of what you could feel and what else you could say. What is nothing else to say? What's understood is understood. And it's just a farewell and a goodbye. Whenever you, it's just a farewell and goodbye when you can't really give a goodbye, you know? Like how 
do you say goodbye to someone that you're grateful that you met because they got you to be the person you want to be, but you no longer need them in your life because they were toxic and you forgave them, but you want to move on, you know, because forgiveness is not a doorway to keep somebody in your life. Forgiveness could sometimes be the doorway for them to leave and for you to shut that door and leave that alone and not look mm-hmm. back. Sometimes that's all that is, you know, and I think like a lot of my friends who do deal with mental illness do like Bojack Horseman because at least we can watch this show and know that we are not him. (laughs) Like you can have a whole monologue in your mind about how you were not good enough, how you're not smart enough, how you're not fast enough, how you're not doing enough. You have to be very careful there because like even the show addresses that. Yeah. Like even the show, because that happened with, um, which show was it? Which movie that was that Bojack did? I forget which one they did. But like Secretariat? Was it Secretariat? Or was it the TV show she he did with Gina? Because we can talk about Gina. No, it's a TV show with Gina. It's a TV show with Gina. Um mm-hmm. Philbert. Uh-huh. Yeah, Philbert. Um in Philbert, like the reception of Philbert was people loved Philbert because it made them feel like they weren't bad people because mm-hmm. Philbert existed and it justified the negative, terrible things that they thought and they did because there was someone worse. As opposed to inspiring them to get better, it enabled them to stay being terrible people, which is very similar. Again, when did this come out? This first 2014 to 2020. Okay, but that episode came out, I'm pretty sure it was in like 2019, 2018. 2019, probably. 2019. And look at this. We had the Joker come out and we saw exactly what the show is predicting. Less of a time gap in between when mm-hmm. the episode came out and when that movie came out and that effect started happening. Um, I guess you could have said it kind of happened before with The Dark Knight. And it's happening again right now with The Batman, a little bit at least. Um, mm-hmm. It's consistent. People will see a terrible uh, person portrayed on screen. And for some reason, instead of getting the idea like, oh, this is, I, sh- you know, I don't want to be like that. I can change. I can be whatever, blah, blah, blah. They instead get the idea of, um, oh, since they're so much bad, like, that means I'm okay. No, no, stop. That's not what. You, that's not the message you're supposed to be getting out of this. I'm impressed by the mental. You must be one of the most flexible people in the world because the mental gymnastics that it took to get that message from this piece of media is astounding. If you can watch all of BoJack Horseman, like the series, and come out with the idea with the message that you are okay with who you are because at least you're not that bad. I. I am scared. Like you were a contortionist at that point. I think for me personally, I look within my own kind of like mental well-being. And it's not that I feel justified in like being a bad, I don't know. It's like me personally, I currently work a job that isn't my favorite job to be working, but it's a job that I have. And I get paid Mm -hmm. a lot more than I would at another job that I would work at. And I'm good at it. And I know what I'm doing for the most part. And sometimes I feel like I'm not doing enough, but I know that I'm doing enough because if I wasn't doing enough, my boss would simply close down the business. Mm -hmm. And he's told me that multiple times, which is not something you should say to encourage your employees, but I digress. I think the reason why I like the show is because it really does make you really look within yourself and see like you're wallowing in self-pity in the choices that you're making but are the choices that you're making choices that benefit you or are they harming you like for real for real like bojack slept with todd's friend and then he made the excuse that he was drunk 
you're always drunk. You're always doing drugs. You're always doing this, you're always doing that. You're distracting yourself from your real life. You're constantly doing this. It's just you, Bojack. It's no one else. It's just you. It's just you. So what's going on? What do we need to do to stop this? You know, the same thing with Gina, right? A very talented actress who had a lot of things going for her. And Bojack strangled her in a drug-induced rage. And then she couldn't be on any other set, really, or work in another set. And then she was labeled as difficult, which is going to, you know, stump her career for who knows how long. And that sucks because that happens to actresses maybe more often than we know. And no one's going to try to get to the root of it. Bojack is going to really apologize for it. And if he does, does he mean it? You know, and it's awful because you like Gina and you want her to do well. And it's not her fault that she has PTSD from no. this terrible experience that she had. It's not her fault that she has PTSD from almost being killed. Mm-hmm. She legitimately could have been killed in that moment. And it's not like Bojack is ever, he wants to be sad that he's not a good person, but you keep doing this stuff over and over and over again. You get sad, you're not a good person, you get drunk, you hurt somebody, you hurt someone. And Don't be shy, be a just, good person. Like, at some point, you really just gotta like, really just look at yourself like really really look at yourself like when Bojack asked Diane to write the expose about him to punish him it's because he wants to feel pain and like he wants to like you know be labeled as the bad person Mm -hmm. but what are you going to do after that what are you going to do after everybody finds out how bad you are part of that that's why I love the final episode not only for Bojack um because I don't really care but I like it more Mm -hmm for all the other characters. Because if Bojack had died in the second to last episode in The View from Halfway Down, then all the characters have had to have been sad about him. Yeah. They have had to have conflicted feelings about right. like how they felt. Like they would never be allowed to say anything negative about him because he yes. died in like a drunken stupor, a drunken oh, bender. Right. But since he didn't, they're allowed mm-hmm. to distance themselves from him and become their own people completely separate from him without him being in their life and never feel bad about it. Cause it's just a person they lost, lost contact with. It's not someone who died and now they have conflicted emotions about how they felt about him being alive. It's someone who is currently in prison. So there's really no way that they can stay in close contact with them. And now they are forced to live their lives without him and they're doing good. All of them are doing amazing. They're fine. They're happy. They aren't heartbroken. They're, I won't say they're glad that Bojack's gone because that seems a little bit too um, sadistic. But like Bojack being gone is most likely helping them. Yeah, they're and able they're to allowed find their own to, peace. And in this context now, they're allowed to feel that because he's not dead. And they really couldn't stay in contact with him. It also means that like they can resolve their own issues they had with Bojack and their own securities on their own time. And it mm-hmm. means that Bojack has to sit with his emotions and really confront what he's done. And it leaves us up to the audience to decipher whether or not we believe that Bojack has gotten better. You know, is Bojack losing contact with everybody who he disappointed, he let down, he hurt, he traumatized? Is him losing contact with basically every person that he like generally cared about, is that enough to make mm-hmm. him be better? Is that enough to make him look within himself and take accountability for his self-destructive and selfish actions and, you know, 
stop blaming everything that went wrong in his life or stop blaming his actions on his generational trauma, but do what needs to be done so that he can heal from that and move on because that's what everyone else is doing. And that's what like so many, like in season one with Charlotte, I think it was season one, was it season two? Season two, when he went to go see Charlotte in New Mexico. Yeah, um, I feel like it was season two. Yeah, he went to go see Charlotte in New Mexico and um, Charlotte had a, like Charlotte has a teenage daughter, a husband, another kid, she is younger than Bojack, but she's moved on. And that also speaks to the emotional maturity of men and women. Because the fact that it took Bojack until he was like 55, 56 to reflect on how terrible of a person he is and want to be better. And Charlotte is like much younger than him. And she has fully moved on and healed and was able to just like have her a loving like family in a place where she feels happy, you know, and her being able to say that like, you know, when she was younger, she said that um, Hollywood is a tar pit and we all just get stuck in there until it's too late. Mm-hmm. And her re- rephrasing that, saying that like, it's not the place, it's a person. You're the tar pit. You are the one in control of your own actions. And, you know, it's it doesn't matter where you go. It's still you there. You're still taking your problems with you. You can't run away from your problems if you're the cause of your problems, if you're the root of what's going on with you. Mm-hmm. Your problems will always still be there. I mean, sometimes you just gotta like sit down and just work your shit out, you know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just gotta sit down and just try and be better. Just stop being such a And guess what? Mm-hmm. Every other character, including Mr. Peanut Butter, does that to at least some extent, except for Bojack. Diane's able to walk through um her struggles with her creativity and her need to be like a woke feminist um like uh leader and her mm-hmm. ability to like actually be in a happy loving relationship princess caroline is able to find her work-life balance um Todd is able to come to terms with his own sexuality and find at least the ability to start dating in an asexual context and find so like when the series ends he's with someone who is he's actively happy with and they're living together um mr peanut butter is after like pickles he starts like understanding his very negative uh repetition cycle of always going after younger women and um never actually dating anyone mature and like building a deep emotional connection where he listens to them Mm -hmm. um and how a lot of times he compromises by just giving them what they want and nobody had to compromise um like even he starts learning about that behavior and starting trying to fix it every other character finds a way to improve on their their downsides improve on things they need to work on except for Bojack, until like the very, 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 very end. And then Bojack like kind of maybe a little bit starts working out. But every other character has done it successfully and their lives are much better for it. Yeah, I I do have to say, I love the show because of the nuance. We love the word nuance. But just how the show balances like the tones and ambitions of the characters and like how the show is relatable and you can pull from any character and apply it to your own life. And it doesn't pull any punches, you know, it doesn't tiptoe around some topics. It goes hard. You know, there are there are like some there are so many episodes that stand out in the series, like the episode Thoughts and Prayers, mm-hmm. and then the abortion episode, and oh, like yeah. so many other episodes. And you know, you're right, like there were some topics that the show did not touch on, but I think it was right to not touch on that because it didn't really have the 
they didn't really have the know-how. The background. And you can tell that with them casting Alison Brie as a Vietnamese American woman. Mm-hmm. And then her apologizing about it, like, before part two comes out. <laughs> it's like, babe, we've been through how many seasons of the show? Like, you're saying sorry now? Okay. Like, I guess. But, you know, even with that and, you know, maybe the little mishandling of, like, the asexual conversation, mm-hmm. all in all, the show is like an A-. minus. You know, it's one of the best shows that have been on TV in a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm glad that the show ended on the creator's own terms. Yes. I'm glad that it was able to tell a full story and like wrap up everyone's as neatly as it could. I do wish we learned what happened with Gina and like really like how she was affected by it. And I will like hold out hope for Hollyhock and maybe like a sequel series with her. You know, I, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not against it. See, here's you know? the thing. I feel like, like, I feel like Hollyhock, obviously this might just be because I want to be. But she'll be fine. The yeah. only thing that was kind of pulling her down was a little bit her relationship with Bojack. But like mostly like she was like completely stable and fine before she got drugged by um Bojack uh Bojack's mom. Like yeah. she didn't seem to have any like issues. Like she had a little bit of anxiety, but like she's also a teenager, an early college student, which who doesn't? Mm-hmm. Um, but she was managing, she was fine. She actively loves all of her dads, and all of her dads very clearly love her. And she has a healthy relationship with them. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's off in college. And she's, you know, she's experiencing things a little bit, but she's not going too far. She wants to, like, you know, drink, but still, like, in a safe way. She's Mm -hmm. getting out there, but she's not being dangerous. I feel like she'll be fine. She'll be fine. In fact, I actually don't want a series with her, because if we have a series with her, she will not be fine. In my head right now, she will be a fine, normal, American, young college student growing up, wonderful, fine. But if there's ever a series about her, oh, you know things aren't messy. Oh, you know she's going through it. I don't want her to. She doesn't deserve that. Yeah. Um, I feel like there isn't much else I want to say about the show. I just want to add, like, this little point that, like, Bojack being, like, such a toxic person, um, I guess I want to try to relate this back to real life. How, like, people are so quick to forgive, like, anyone in your life. And so quick to just be like, oh, it's okay, it's fine. And just like brush over what happened and what's wrong. But sometimes people do things that are just bad that you don't really know how to make it right. And if it's like, if they do something bad, how can you go back to making it right? If it's so wrong, you feel like you can't go back. And the problem with life is that things live in gray areas, you know, Mm -hmm. seeking and receiving forgiveness for the things that you've done wrong does not always mean that you're going to feel better after it doesn't mean that they're going to forgive you yeah you know you can feel bad for the things that you've done but what matters it doesn't matter what you feel it matters what you do like after you say sorry after you show that you are you know remorseful and you shall not do it again mm. what are you going to do to show that you know and you got to go a step further than that you know what i mean and i'm very glad that in season one we see that Herb doesn't forgive Bojack for what he did. Because even though Bojack, he was an actor just starting out in a show and he didn't really have a choice. And like, you know, Herb got uh, fired because he was queer and like <clears throat> all this stuff, but like. Sorry. And then to find out in that third to last episode that Bojack actually could have saved Herb, that was actually up to him. Mm. Just an extra, just a little bit more salt on, uh, on the cut. 
and it shows like that first step we see in Bojack's character of like these are the decisions you make that are going to stay with you and for and transform you into the person that you will be for the rest of your life and those decisions you make if you continue to make them if you continue to fall back on them if you continue to just decide to default to that setting that is who you become at the end of the day and you trying to hold on to this glimmer of hope that you're a good person with nothing to show for it is you lying to yourself online everybody else you know forgiveness isn't always um it's not it's not it's not you have to earn it you know it's also mm-hmm. just handed um of course i think the one thing we should learn for the show and i one thing i think i've learned for the show is how to forgive myself you know because you look bojack is looking back at his life and he feels like he hasn't done anything with his life and i'm 25 I'm half of Bojack's age before yeah, he really, fine. when he gains a self-awareness to look at his life, I've had that self-awareness my whole life. And that's when I know, like, I need to stop being so hard on myself for the things that have happened to me in my life, because a lot of those things were out of my control. And what was I going to do? What could I do? It's not my fault that I was born Black. It's not my fault that I'm born in a country that disproportionately, like, um, sec- like is just, like, disrespect. Like, I, it's not my fault I, li- I live in a racist co- country. It's not my fault that capitalism is on our necks. It's not my fault that like I couldn't finish school because my mental health was deteriorating to the point where like I couldn't even focus on an assignment or pass like more than three classes a semester and falling behind in a school that's underfunded and under-equipped and not utilized to help their students that are dealing with mental issues. Mm -hmm. That's not my fault. Like I know that I did all that I could do with what I had and I'm just going to keep doing that until, you know, it's time for me to go. And that's all that we can do. And Bojack is someone who, Bojack is someone who is stuck in anger. It's like, he makes people angry. He disappoints people all the time. And the one thing like, I think I've come to realize is that like, if Bojack had died, we wouldn't have known if he could have become a better person. And it takes a lot of work to be a better person, you know? And personal progress doesn't travel in a straight line. It takes a lot of effort. And with all the things that Bojack has done in his life, all the terrible, horrible, shitty things he's done in his life, Mm -hmm. even though I do not like that man one bit, and if I do him in real life, I would cut him off quicker than Hollyhock had. You have to believe that, like, people can change because everyone deserves a chance to be better. Some people become better people. Some people stay the way they are. But, you know, it's up to them at the end of the day. You just got to give them that chance. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else you would like to say about Bojack Horseman? No, because we would be here forever if we were talking <laughs> about everything, everything. I think the view from halfway down was a really great episode, and I think it's one of the better episodes of the season of the series. Besides the underwater episode, I feel like that mm-hmm. the under the underwater episode was so good because you see in like the title sequence when it ends each time it's ending, Bojack is under the water. And he's in the pool but each and every time like he rises above you know like he is above the pool and he doesn't drown and it's the same thing in like um the view from halfway down he sees himself looking down because he drowned in the pool because he went on a bender and he broke into a house that he doesn't live in anymore mm-hmm. and um he i think like the water he's overwhelmed by water like when you look at water like drowning anxiety da 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 whatever but each time, like, water is, also, water is also a vehicle. Water gets you to where you go. Water is also cleansing. 
Like people use water for baptism. Water can mean so many different things in the show. And Bojack constantly sees, like he has a pool that he never swims in never. at his house. He never swims in that pool. We barely see him even sit near the pool. And Hollyhock is someone who's like the first person to interact with the pool and she just like throws matches into it because she has anxiety, but she knows how to manage it. And she knows how to deal with it. And Bojack looks at water like it's something scary, like it's this villain. And really it's something that like, at the end of the series, you see Bojack as like a completely different person. You know, not at the end of the series, the, at the last episode, he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's a bit more different. And I love the, sh- the episode um the view from halfway down because there are so many little nuances in the episode like the fact that like Sarah Lynn is there his mom uh that one actor who was there because uh you know the auto or autoerotic asphyxiation kit that he had Mm -hmm. and like all these little parts to the episode are like blah 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 you know what I mean and the episode explores like his fears his insecurities the culmination of him as a person all the people he's hurt and wronged all the people who've hurt and wronged him and like do these people make him a good person the questions of like if you create work or create media is that important you know is there meaning in life mm-hmm. is authenticity important if you get joy out of the things you do is that mean that they're inherently selfish and the biggest question is, do the good things in Bojack's life outweigh the pain and toxicity that he brought to others' lives? And like, he, well, does it? And like, for me, it doesn't. But eventually, like, I think that uh, last episode was really what Bojack needed to really wake himself up to who he was and what he did and what he's done and how he can be better. Because people say this all the time, like, you have to hit rock bottom before you can really, like, go up until you can really be better i mean mm-hmm. sometimes that's what it takes for people to really look at like what it is like right now with the pandemic going on it's taking people to literally get covid and be in the hospital to want to get the vaccine like there are people on their hospital beds begging for the vaccine you already have covid you just got to ride this out because listen babe this is all that's all there is mm-hmm. you know so I just wanted to bring that up as a last point. I just, I love the show and uh, I'm still, I'm still like, I'm in the middle. I finished rewatching it and then I start rewatching it again. I'm yeah. in the middle of season three. So I'm going to finish that again and then I'm going to cry about it later. But yeah, that's it. Um, if that's all, then we could just get into um, the last segment of the show, which is all pass, where we talk about uh, the things the movies, TV shows, and industry news that happened the past week or so that we are going to be passing on. Uh, I want to go first because there's something stirring in my spirit. Okay. There's something. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for this. I was waiting for this. You said you needed to get so you needed to get it off your chest. Amy Schumer. Uh oh. Still rears her ugly head, and I'm sick of it. It is bad enough she's in these freaking tampon commercials that I cannot skip on YouTube. But Amy Schumer is hosting the Oscars alongside Regina Hall and Wanda Sykes. I don't know why we need Amy Schumer there. Regina and Wanda could do it themselves. They could do it by themselves. Amy does not need to be there. Somebody needs to send her home. Somebody needs to send her the wrong address. Somebody needs to get her, like, somebody needs to send her to Wyoming or something. I don't know what it needs to do, what we need to do. But cut her bike off. Let, let her, let her, like, Amy Schumer said that she wants President Zelensky to appear at the Oscars. And I know 
that there's a war going on in Ukraine and Russia. And I know that there's an integral, there's a conflict, like war, da, 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 all these things going on. I know, I know, I know. And the Oscars is a very huge presence and a really big platform where he can share his message. He has talked to Putin. He's talked to NATO. He's talked to Congress. He's talked to P Biden. This man has talked to everybody he needs to speak to. He does not need to speak to Hollywood celebrities. He does not need to speak to the liberal leftist elite in Hollywood. He does not care about your little award ceremony and your gold trophies. He doesn't care about your stupid little movies, your dumb little jokes. He doesn't care about whether Beyonce is going to be performing at the Oscars or on the tennis field where Serena and Williams trained. He does not care. There is a war going on in his country. There is a genocide. There are 10 million people that have left Ukraine trying to seek safety. You think he wants to sit down at the Oscars and do what? And do what? Plead for more sanctions? Plead for more water, more food, more weapons? He's talked to the people that he needs to talk to. Why does he need to talk to Leonardo DiCaprio? What does Meryl Streep have to do with this? Nothing. You have to be so dense, so stupid, so selfish, so narcissistic to think that you, you somehow can contribute to the war in Ukraine with your stupid little war ceremony. And I know the Oscars is a big platform, blah, 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 whatever. Y'all already tried it with the Me Too movement and y'all ain't really done much with that. So I don't know what you can do with Ukraine. Mm -hmm. All right. You can't fix the problems in your own house, but you're trying to go into someone else's house that's been bombed. I don't think so. So Amy, how about you do us all a favor and shut up? We don't like you. You're not funny. The only times you were funny was when you stole jokes from other people. Every movie, like I feel pretty trash. All right, Trainwreck, didn't even watch that movie, didn't even care. You put LeBron James in the movie and you couldn't even get me to watch it. What does that say? What does that say? I don't know how this woman is still employed because nine times out of 10, when she opens her mouth, she says something absolutely asinine. She does not have a PR team. She doesn't have an agent. She doesn't have a manager. She can't possibly, she can't possibly, she can't possibly, because why is she still saying these things? <coughs> Why would he want to phone into the Oscars? Do you think that President Zelensky has a letterbox account? Hello? Hello? Am I missing something here? It was bad enough when she did that nasty, ugly, completely atrocious parody of Lemonade that one year. But not oh, this. Uh, stop. But not this. Stop. Remember when she went no. interview after interview complaining about people calling her plus size? She was like, <laughs> put your earbuds back in. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> she went through interview to interview complaining about people calling her plus size she's like i'm not fat i'm not fat i i suck so many dicks girl many people do you're yeah. not special that's not that's not a flex also that's, that's not a flex. amy darling sweetheart baby you're a celebrity i i i'm not really sure what to tell you that but there's there's a lot of people like sleeping with celebrities yeah. it's just a thing there yeah it's just you don't have to, like, no, I mean, I, mean, I, I guess I don't know, because, like, I don't pay a lot of attention to Amy Schubert and the, mm. the media around her. But as far as I remember, no one was saying that she doesn't get any, you know? I don't remember that being part of the narrative. I do remember a lot of people calling her fat just because, like, that was She's what we did thin. at the time. Yeah. Yeah, that was, we bully any person who's over 120 pounds, any woman, any woman yeah. that's over 120 pounds. But, like... I don't remember anyone questioning whether or not, like, I don't know, she has sex or anything like that. I don't know why she brought it up. Maybe she saw it. I don't know. I don't know. It just seemed very weird. It was at least not a main driving point of the, <coughs> the hate on <coughs> the train. Hmm. 
I am, I'm over it. I'm over it. Amy, I'm over it. Please stop. Just do us a favor and stop it. All right. Mm, that's it. Right. That's it. Like, right. I, I really do hate that Amy Schumer is seen as like one of those like, you Don't know, third way feminists kind of like <sighs> celebrities. Because we can take the time. If you take maybe like five minutes, you realize this woman, it's not possible. Her and Lena Dunham and Ripa Wilson, those three, 2014 was a curse to let those women get as famous as they did, as successful as they did. Here's the thing. With all three of them, like obviously, yes, it was a curse. I can at least, like objectively, I can go back. I can look at the past. And I can see why Rebel Wilson got as famous as she did. Do I, necess- do I necessarily agree with it? Mm. No, not necessarily. But like, I can go back and I can watch like Pitch Perfect. I can be like, I can see why people absolutely fell in love with Rebel Wilson. I can see how she skyrocketed her career because of these movies and just like the, the media around it. That 100% makes sense. But how did Amy Schumer get like this? What did Amy Schumer do? I, I have no idea. I cannot, like, I'm logically, like, this is not a joke. I'm sitting here thinking, what did Amy Schumer do that made her popular? It was uh, her show Inside Amy Schumer. It really was? I mean, it was that, and then it was Trainwreck. It just doesn't like, make sense. It doesn't make sense. She went from being on a reality competition show called Last Comic Standing, and literally, I think six or five years later, she has her own TV show. So I just really don't like the fact that she pitched that. You know, I was like, what if he had Pre- President Zelensky at the Oscars? What makes you think he has time to be there? What makes you think he has time? He doesn't have the time. He's busy. It is very American ignorant. Uh, it's because it's no conflict because no conflict that has ever happened in America while these people have been famous, or like really ever, let's be realistic, has ever really messed up the the rich celebrities' daily life. You know, like there could be wars going on that the U.S. is actively fighting in. It doesn't change what the rich are doing on their day-to-day basis. Nothing changes it. So I feel like that's the mentality we're seeing. Like, yeah, you war, your country's at war, but like that doesn't affect you. Why don't you call in? Why don't you call, why don't you call in? All right uh screw amy schumer and i'm just gonna say this now because no go off i don't think i i don't know if i talked about this last week but why is jerry leto still here why it why are you here about it huh we started talking about it but we didn't actually like talk about it okay jerry leto here's the thing okay there's a new show coming out I'm so pissed off. This is why I'm really pissed off. It's a show, it's like a mini series documentary about WeWork and like the scandal around that. Jared Leto and Anne Hathaway are starring in it and it's already bad. Like there are already bad reviews on it. And it pisses me off because like, I love Anne Hathaway. I do. Mm -hmm. I think she is wonderful. I think she's amazing. I do not know. I, it hurts me. It like, it, oh my gosh. I need her to get out of her flop era. I need Honestly. her to get out of her flop era. I need it. I need her to exit stage left. Cause the last thing he wanted, directed by D. Reese, based off of a book by Joan Didion, it hurt me to my core to see a five percent Rotten Tomatoes rating on that movie. Five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. That is unheard of. 
And the thing that really sucks is that Dee Reese is an amazing and incredibly, incredibly, incredibly talented director. And her doing getting that one flop, I know that derailed her career because I haven't heard from her since. Like, Dee, where have you been? <laughs> Where's the next movie? I need you to come back. And Anne Hathaway, it just seems like she's picking up these roles that look good, but the payoff is just not it. And I don't know if she needs like another assistant to read these scripts for her. I don't know if we need to like talk to somebody. I don't know if there's a director that needs to write her into a movie, but for you to be on a bad TV show and then Jared Little to be starring alongside next to you, the press tour is canceled. <laughs> canceled. Because what are we going to ask Jared Little about? Him starring in that terrible Marvel movie that's already getting horrible, horrible reviews. Um, his supposed alleged cult. Him possibly be just like a terrible person all around. Like, and and let, look at me babe please i can help you <laughs> i could help you i don't have any ins in the industry but like my gosh can we call a director can you call greta call greta gerwig call <laughs> scorsese call sofia coppola she likes white women too like call one of the girls and be like hey look i'm pretty i can act i can sing kind of and i'm a feminist somebody please give Anne Hathaway the boost she needs in her career. I want to see her at South by Southwest. I want to see her at cons. I want to see her at the SAG Awards. I want to see her at the luncheons. I want to see her on the red carpets. I want to see my girl thriving. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this. And the thing that really sucks is that like this show being bad will hurt Anne's career, but it won't hurt Jared Leto's career. Because for some reason, Jared Leto has a golden pass to be do any role he wants. Despite the fact that that man looks like he lives under someone's bed. He looks like the creepy crawly lake monster that you see on camp. He mm -hmm. is, he looks slimy. He gives me slimy vibes. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. And I think that's all the things I'm going to pass on this week. I wanted to watch the WeWork um, series. I was looking going to be like, if it's good, I'll tough it. I'll tough it. I'll tough through it. Because Anne Hathaway's in it. And I'll just pretend like Jared Leto is someone else. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm a tough, I'm just get through it. And now that I know that it's already bad, why would I bother? So, yeah. Glenn, is there anything that you're not going to be watching this week? Anything you're going to be passing on? So I feel a little bad about it, but if they're allowed to hate on us, we're allowed to hate on them. They talk about... Oh, just, I'm just i going to bring it up. I'm going to bring it up. They talk about how modern TV shows and modern movies, and like a lot of times they talk about euphoria and similar movies, glamorize teen partying, glamorize teen sexual activeness, glamorize teen drug use, teen alcohol abuse, um, glamorize all of these um, issues in the, um, that are prevalent amongst teenagers and young college students. And that because of this glamorization of all these events, that it's encouraging teenagers and young college students to act out and to behave in these ways and to, you know, basically uh, do the movie, the movies and TV shows are endorsing this behavior and encouraging people to behave like this. Um, and they said the same thing for video games. Um, they say that video games make kids violent. They say that video games cause um, uh, ADHD. They say that video games are the reason why we have so many, um, why we have so many like school shootings and all these things. They attribute all these horrible things um, to uh, media direct it more at the younger generation. Mm -hmm. But when movies like this come out, 
I don't hear the discourse about how movies like this are encouraging everything that they're encouraging. So the movie that I'm talking about is Infinite Storm. Now, I don't have necessarily a problem with the movie Infinite Storm. I do have a problem with the genre because this genre is based on a true story slash actually a true story. And it's it's a getting lost in the wilderness. Well, this one specifically is getting trapped in an avalanche, um, but getting lost in the wilderness, getting trapped in an avalanche, getting stranded in a desert, getting blah, 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 and being forced to have to be smart enough to survive on your own and make it back to civilization and be able to get help and like, you know, like make it through this trying, horrible time um, that like you don't know if you're going to live or die and you like don't have enough provisions and like blah, 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 natural disasters, all these type of things. Babe, this is the, that's the exact same thing. What these movies are doing is the exact same thing you're claiming Euphoria is doing. Why are you fetishizing getting trapped in an avalanche? Because at least two movies like this come out every single year. Why are you fetishizing getting lost in the forest? Why are you fetishizing Man, getting lost shut up. in the desert? Shut no, up. No, shut no. up. This is, is so, it, this it is, is the dumbest rant it, you've it, ever gone on. It, is it a dumb rant? Yes, but it's dumb. They make these movies, they make five of these movies every year. Exactly, every but year. that's the thing. It's dumb. It's a dumb rant. And I was using fetishization to be like funny, but like, it's true. Like they are glamorizing the idea of getting stranded and no, lost. It a hundred percent is. It a hundred percent is. They're trying to deter white people from doing stupid white people things that white people do. Then why do is they make it so is? exciting? No, no, no. They're making it exciting. I, I think, think if we're allowed, to, if we're allowed to entertain arguments of euphoria making teens um more likely to use drugs and use alcohol, then we also have to entertain the idea that movies about people going out on daring adventures no. in avalanches, no, in forests, in deserts is encouraging thing. people to do it. Um, I would like to say no, because no, and also no. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what woke you up this morning to think, yeah, this is what we're talking about on the podcast. Um, what woke you up this morning and thought, yeah, this is what I want to do. The fact that I'm absolutely tired of it. I, I'm absolutely tired. Of it. I'm tired of the genre, just in You're general. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of the genre. I think it's yeah. funny to say it like that because that makes it seem much more dramatic. But like in all seriousness, in the real, I guess this isn't really a rant, but just like real seriousness, I just think it's an overdone genre. I think it, like you said, like five of these movies come out every year and they all are basically exactly the same. I understand that a lot of these are based on true stories. I understand that people do actually go through these experiences. Okay. In the last five years, you can p- close your eyes, point your finger, randomly pick. You can find one of like 75 movies that tell the exact same story. Like, and like, if it, I would give it more of a pass if it's like a horror story, like it's specifically like a fictional horror story that involves like getting, like getting lost in the woods. And like, I don't know, there's like a monster in the woods or something like that. That's at least interesting. It's different. It's engaging. You're telling a fictional story and you're using the fear of being lost, incorporating it into the story. That's different, you know, that's more of a horror element. It's a much more, maybe it's a dark psychology. Maybe it's a more of a thriller, but just getting trapped, going up Mount Everest. How many times can we some, see someone getting and not prepared enough to climb up Mount Everest in a movie? Glenn, you can't make me care enough of what you're talking about. I, I know, I know. It's just, <laughs> what it's are just, we doing? What are we doing, Glenn? It's just, I saw a trailer for it over the weekend. I was like, I can't do another Again? one. I can't do another Again? one. Again? It's like, okay. 
You're That's right. All. I don't really have anything. I don't really have anything major to complain about. Y'all need to stop. White people need to stop being trapped in these mountains. Exactly. Y'all always leave the mountains alone. To, leave them alone. <laughs> Just let them live. Like y'all keep going on these flights, and then you like you don't want to go to plane, so you go on a helicopter or, or like a little smaller plane, and then it's flown by someone who's ever flown before, and it's just you, and they don't have enough gas, and then it crashes above the mountains. Like there's some turbulence, blah blah blah, and mm-hmm. now you're stuck in the mountains, and there's no food, there's no water, there's no this, there's no that. It's like we've done it before. That's all. Done it just before. find find a different gimmick, find a different trope, because this one is getting really run dry. Yeah. And then you always forget to charge your phone, which I do not understand. My phone stays on the charger. My phone is always charged. My phone is always charged. If my phone is under 100%, it goes right on the charger. If my phone is off of the the charger, it's on battery saver mode. Yeah. Like, y'all doing a lot. Yep. Yeah. Like I said, there isn't isn't much. I could complain more about Morbius, but like the critics are already doing that for me. I gotta work too hard. I... At least Eternals won't be the worst rated Marvel movie now, which Thank it didn't God. deserve. It didn't deserve. No, it did not And I'm that. still waiting on my Eternals TV show. Exactly. All right. Moon Knight is coming out. I want an Eternals TV oh, show. I can't wait. Moon Knight is coming out. They confirmed Moon Knight, that so... Miss Marvel is coming out in yeah. July, I think, is when it's officially coming out. I so I can't Marvel. wait. I cannot wait. It's... I'm so sad that I got pushed back because it was supposed to come out like last fall. I'm pretty sure is when they initially planned uh-huh. for it to come out. When is Mobius coming out? Morbius? Um, April 1st, I'm pretty oh. sure. Like, it's like right around the corner. April 1st, because it's a joke. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Anyways, I low-key think that if I can get someone to go with me, I might go watch it or I might just watch it online. I don't know. I feel I'm like gonna it's going to be, I think it's going to be like a bad, but like fun bad. Like, they're trying but, way too hard and has, everything just but sucks. But here's the thing, what has Jared Leto ever done that's been fun? Mm. Like I feel like if it wasn't Jared, like what what's like fun bad? Like Venom. Venom is fun bad. Yeah, Venom is hundred percent fun bad. But yeah, I feel like I'm not gonna be able to get past the fact that Jared Leto in like the main protagonist role. I feel mm. like that every time I see his face, it's gonna take me out of it. Like I'll be yeah. enjoying a scene where he's not in it. I'll be like, okay, this isn't too bad. And then he pops back out, but I'm like, and now I'm not immersed anymore. We're gonna see. My roommates did see say that they're also not interested in watching it, but like if they can find it online. We're gonna watch it just because it is Marvel. Um, but that's me mm-hmm. with supporting Marvel. We're gonna watch it illegally. Right. Um, <laughs> we don't need to put any money in their pockets. Right, right. Um, right. There's already a Disney walkout going on, so mm-hmm. Disney doesn't need my money right now. No. You Disney's know, you can fine. pay your animators and you can stop supporting that stupid bill in Florida. How about that? Ah, mm-hmm. How about that? How about that? Thank you. And can you please um, not support that bill before March 31st? That way I can watch Moon Knight and not feel guilty about it. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> because All you right. post it on Instagram, on Marvel's official page, saying that mm. you don't support such things. So how about mm. you actually Talk not with support? that wallet. Yeah. What that money say? What that money say? Hmm? You only got a few days to fix this real quick. Because Moon Knight's coming out. And I ain't trying to boycott Moon Knight. Listen. I've been waiting too long for this. I've I've been waiting with baited. I've been waiting, waiting. Yes. All right. I think I think that's it. Yeah. So yeah. okay, you guys. Thank you so much for watching this week's episode of I've been meaning to watch that. I really have been enjoying talking with you, Glenn, about BoJack. 
And, you know, guys, feel free to check us out on Instagram. Check us out on TikTok. And, you know, feel free to support us, follow us, share, tell your friends about us. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. And we will see you guys next week with another episode. Bye, guys. Bye.